Good morning, everyone. This is Dr. Dennis Tian. This is the Dr. Football Podcast Week 7 Preview, Week 6 Recap Edition. Talk only about football on this podcast and nothing else. Now, not a lot of people listen to it, but I have fun doing it, and that's really what it's all about. There have been few, few times over the last, honestly, 27 years. I'd say back to the Parcells era. There have been few times where you have felt embarrassed to be a Patriots fan. You go back to those late 80s, early 90s when I was a little kid and just started watching football. And there were plenty of games where it was embarrassing to be a Patriots fan. I mean, the Patriots were an embarrassing franchise and organization. It was so long ago that, that it almost sounds crazy Oh, hard to imagine. But there haven't been a lot of days like that. And I would even go so far as to say in the Belichick-Brady era, I mean, they've had some excruciating losses. They've had some gut-wrenching losses. They've had some some heartbreaking losses at very high stakes, high-level Super Bowl 42, AFC Championship game in 2012 against the Ravens, the Jets game in 2010, divisional game when Bart Scott said um, his stuff at the end of the game there. But I don't think those really were embarrassing losses. They were tough. They were heartbreaking. They were, they were gut-wrenching. But they weren't embarrassing. But last Sunday against Denver, to me, that was an embarrassing loss. And that was a time where it was truly kind of just crawling your skin, uncomfortable moment to be a fan of the Patriots, maybe for the first time in a long time. You wanted to put a paper bag on your head or bury your head in the sand type moment. It wasn't just because that they lost, of course, because they've lost before. And it wasn't just who they lost to, because they lost to probably one of the five or six worst teams in the league. But it was also that they lost, and they lost really because their quarterback play was poor. And then at four o'clock, Tom Brady looked pretty good. He's still not the same player. I'll stick by that take because he isn't. But he looked pretty good. He's like a 7 or an 8 right now in Tampa Bay. He was a 10 a few years ago. He's like an 8 now. You can win a lot of football games with an 8. Patriots won 11-5 and and 12-4 and the last two years and won a Super Bowl with Brady. And he was like a 7.5 and an 8. So you look and you see Brady look great. And Gronk looked great. Gronk looked the best. I think he's looked in a couple years. Just the way he was moving on the field. Couple nice catches. Maybe he's getting his conditioning up. Maybe he's getting up to speed. And then you look at New England. Cam Newton, two turnovers. Looks awful. He's really looked pretty pretty lousy in, in three and a half of the four games he's played. Ryan Izzo, huge fumble at a key spot in the game. And it just it just really stung. To, to be a Patriots fan, to lose a game like that at home against an, a bad team with bad quarterback play and then watch Tampa Bay beat the crap out of one of the best teams in the NFC. Brady looked good enough. Brady looked way better than anything you got here in New England. Gronk looked way better than anything you got here in New England. And Tampa Bay looks poised to be one of the best teams in the NFC and the Patriots are are really fighting to not lose control of their season. And, and that that was a really 
just it just was such it was embarrassing. I mean, if you're all in on this, on this, on this Brady Patriots divorce thing, and I'm all in on the Patriots. I I, I am not rooting for Tom Brady, and and I'm going to talk a little bit about why that is in a few minutes. But but I want to see Patriots and Brady win this divorce. And Patriots and Belichick win this divorce. I want Cam Newton to be good or Jared Stidham to be good or I, I want there to be some succession plan at quarterback. And I want the Patriots to say, "Hey, we're a better team without without Brady." I, I, and we're still we're still we still have a program. We still have an organization. Our, our ways, our Patriot way still wins out in the end. But our great coach still wins out in the end and his methods still win out in the end. That's what I want to say. So bad. And everything that happened last Sunday was the complete opposite of that. And I think for, that's the way a lot of people in Patriots Nation feel. I think more people are rooting against Brady than for him. I think far more people. And it's because of the way Brady left here. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But right now, that, that, was as, that was as tough a Sunday as it was to be a Patriots fan in a long time. If I go back and look over the last 27 years and since they drafted Bledsoe, the only other thing I can think of where it was a little embarrassing to be a Patriots fan was, was in 97 when, when Bledsoe got sued for the stage diving thing, if you remember that, and landed on the girl's head at the club in Boston, and then they went down to Tampa Bay, ironically, and they lost like 34 to nothing. And it was just embarrassing. It was an embarrassing game. And that was... And that was that was a tough day. I, I really can't think of a day in the Belichick era where I was embarrassed. I've had days where I thought they didn't play well, they, they choked, they, they didn't they lost. I mean, yeah, that's happened here and there. Obviously not that much, but it's happened. But embarrassed? No, not really ever embarrassed. Well well, that was a little embarrassing Sunday because of the whole Brady Belichick divorce dynamic and how just everything trended against you if you're a Patriots fan on Sunday. I want to talk a little bit about Cam Newton. We were all so happy that he looked good against Seattle. I'll tell you right now, I'm rooting for the guy. I really am. He's he's carried himself well. He's a professional. He's shown dedication to the team. He's working hard. Okay, he wants it. I don't... I want him to be good. I want him to be successful. But you got to call it like it is. And he's played four games now for the Patriots. And he hasn't been good in four games. In fact, he's been bad. He's been a bad quarterback. He's had his moments. And we see now that Seattle game was really against a historically bad secondary through four games. And that might change. Seattle could get better as time passes because they got a lot of moving parts there. But that was... That was that that half, that second half in Seattle notwithstanding. I'm not sure Cam Newton is really. In fact, I, I know Cam Newton hasn't been a very good quarterback. We're in the passing era of the NFL. I say it all the time because it's true. Because it's so important when you look at the game and you take the game, you try to analyze the game, you have to take it in the context of where we are right now. And where we are right now is that this is the passing era of pro football. Okay, it's never been easier to pass the ball. 
You know, it's never been easier to play quarterback. You've never seen passing numbers like this before. And the whole landscape has changed about what makes a good quarterback. You used to throw 22 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. You make the Pro Bowl. Now you're one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Cam Newton, through four games, is throwing two touchdowns and four picks. By any measure, in any era of the NFL, that's bad football. That's bad quarterback play. End of discussion. And what I see Cam Newton... I see a guy that's trying his hardest, that's working his butt off, but you know what? He cannot throw the ball downfield consistently and with accuracy. He, he is, he is, he is, we are seeing right now why Cam Newton was available on June 30. What is the probability that 31 general managers were all wrong about a franchise quarterback? You know, guys slip through the radar and sneak through the cracks. That does happen. At, at every position, but how often do franchise quarterbacks sit on the open market for three months without without so much as, as a suitor, and then, and then sign for a million bucks on June thirtieth? It doesn't happen, and the reason why it happened here is because Cam Newton is not a franchise quarterback anymore. We are seeing why he was available June thirtieth. You've had a quarter of a season to look at this guy. Has he thrown the ball downfield well in those four games? In Miami, they did it with their running game. It was, it was like shaky. Every time they completed a pass, they were elated. You know, they kept it simple. They ran, they ran the system, and they won. Against the Raiders, they won in spite of Newton. Newton didn't play well. It was a team win. And, and against Denver, you know, Newton was bad. He was bad. Now, there were extenuating circumstances in the game that we have to consider. And we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. Because, okay, you want to give him a pass, give him a pass this week. But if you take a look at the total picture here, how can you be encouraged? How can you feel like the Patriots have an answer at quarterback? And above all, because this is the real question, how can you make a $25 million a year commitment to a guy that has a one to two touchdown interception ratio. He's 31 years old and he's not as fast as he used to be. He's not as athletic as he used to be. He can still make some plays with his legs. We saw it last week against Denver. He's not gonna be able to run the ball consistently for you. I mean, first of all, no, no, no running quarterback is gonna consistently win in the NFL still. Even you look at these guys, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, obviously Mahomes. Okay, these are guys that can throw the ball. And they can run the ball too. And they can get away with things now they never could get away with before. And with running the ball and, and, and throwing the ball out of the pocket, off balance, against the grain, across the field. They could never get away with that stuff before. Now they can. So these guys become huge weapons now. But they all can throw the ball. That's their bread and butter. Lamar Jackson can throw the ball well enough to, to be consistent. You know, Kyler Murray throws the ball well enough to be consistent. Cam Newton does not throw the ball well enough right now to, to, to consistently score points in, in this league. And when I look at the background and how he got to the Patriots, if you don't have red flags up right now, if you're not concerned, th- then, you, then you're burying. You're, bur- you're burying your head in the sand. Cam Newton was the MVP in 2015, I think it was. That's five years ago. Now, that's a long time ago. Not every quarterback makes it to 40 like Brady and Breeze 
you know, and Warren Moon. Those guys are all-time greats. A lot of guys do kind of peter out at 31. We just watched one. Drew Bledsoe was a very good quarterback. He petered out around 31. He was not the same player when they got rid of him after eight years. He didn't have the 18-year career. It doesn't happen that often. The biggest problem right now with the New England Patriots is they cannot pass the ball. And for all the extenuating circumstances that they've had in the last few weeks, at the end of the day, their biggest problem is the lack of a passing game. And and the fact that they do not have a quarterback right now that can throw the ball consistently downfield. That's it. And today they play a San Francisco team that that is that is a good team that is that has major injuries up and down the roster, but they got the quarterback back and healthy. And they're playing for their season today. If they go two and two and four, look out below. Because I think I think that's when it starts to get ugly around here. I want to talk a little about the Brady and uh, Belichick divorce. You know, I've said repeatedly this is going to be a lose-lose situation. And, and I stand by that take. It is going to be a lose-lose. Brady would be better off with Belichick, and Belichick would be better off with Brady. But I think the more time passes, we're seeing that Brady's still diminished and I stand by that take. He is not the same quarterback, even when he's looking good. You know, he's throwing 14 touchdowns and five picks. Those are great numbers. You know, he was—he doesn't drive the ball downfield. He's not the consistent downfield, you know, marksman that he was that can beat you single-handedly with his arm. That, that I think those days are gone for him. But if Brady was a 10 in 2017, maybe he's like an 8 now. And, and, and you put an 8 on this Patriots team... And they would be a pretty damn good football team right now. You know, there's really three questions, I think, or three, three, three compartments, three questions you need to be asking about this Brady thing. Because I, in the, the Patriots and the Buccaneers, because I think, you know, everyone can conflates, conflates it a little bit. But it's really not mutually exclusive, if you really think about it. Question number one is... Were the Patriots right to let Tom Brady leave? Was it a good decision? Was it a smart decision? Question number two is, was Tom Brady right in the way that he acted the last few years? And then I'd say closely related to that is question three, which is, are you, as if you're a Patriots fan, or if you were a Tom Brady fan, are you rooting for him in Tampa Bay? It's really three separate questions. And I'll admit, my answer to question number one initially was yes. The Patriots were right because Brady player declined and he wasn't good enough anymore to justify the off-field dysfunction he was asking for. And you know what? I'll admit that I was wrong about that. We just talked about that. But question number two, was Tom Brady right? No. Tom Brady was not right. Tom Brady was wrong. Tom Brady behaved like a petulant diva, like a child the last few years here. Okay? It was Tommy temper tantrum. It was, I'm taking my ball and leaving. I don't understand how people can find that appealing or or the kind of thing that they want to root for. What, everything that Tom Brady did goes against everything that sports 
and professional sports is supposed to be about and everything that's 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 admirable and rootable in sporting. My way, my trainer, my methods, my my me I pick the players, I call the plays, I run the offense, me, 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 me. And he changed a lot. Because he wasn't like that for, for really until the last few years. I was just a powder keg of passive aggressive negativity. I've said that before. And I don't see how and why people can root for him. So the question three is a personal choice. You know, do you root for him? Well, personally, I love the guy, but I'm not going to root for him anymore because I don't like the way he left. When it's all said and done, he can have his reunion with Patriots Nation, as far as I'm concerned, and we'll always revere and remember how great a player he was. But right now, as long as he's got that Tampa Bay pewter and orange on, I won't root for the guy because of the answer to question two, which is, was he right for the way he acted? It doesn't mean the Patriots didn't make a mistake. When you look at the way things are unfolding through six weeks of the season, seven weeks of the season, it looks like the Patriots should have just sucked it up and dealt with him being the petulant temper tantrum Tommy that he became. Because they had nothing else. This week, the big news is that is that Antonio Brown now is going to Tampa Bay to play with Brady. And it just reinforces the whole image of I'm taking my ball and I'm leaving. I'm going to find a place that's going to let me have my way. Well, Brady found the most dysfunctional, desperate organization, or one of the most dysfunctional, desperate organizations in all of professional sports. And I think that says a lot about where he is and what he's asking for and how other teams view him. Because I don't think he had a lot of options. I think that's why he went to Tampa Bay contrary to some of the floated stories that I'm sure came from Brady's camp in the last few weeks. And I just think this whole Antonio Brown thing is it going to make Tampa Bay better on the field? It might. It's a gamble. I mean, Tampa Bay's defense is number one in the NFL in yards allowed. And if you watch that game, their defense is winning games for them. They're setting them the offense up with short fields. Brady is still... A good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. He's getting a lot of support from his team around him, which is probably why he wanted to go to Tampa Bay. I think if you asked him if he if he said the truth right now, he'd admit that, that he can't do it like he did a few years ago. And Tampa Bay is a place he can win based on the player he is now, which is a good but not great player. So I don't fault Brady because he's in a better situation on the field. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bash his play is what I'm saying. But I don't like what he's become. And with Antonio Brown signing this week there, it just makes him even more detestable in my opinion. Would I still want him in New England? Of course. Because Patriots have no plan. They have nothing. And and Cam Newton isn't that good. It's just a fact. We all want Cam Newton to be good. We all hoped he would be good. We were all falling over ourselves in excitement after that Seattle game. But what we've seen is this is a guy that can't throw the ball down the field consistently in a league based on throwing the ball down the field at a time when throwing down the ball down the field has never been so easy. So yeah, I want Brady back. He's still an eight. He's still a seven and a half. You know, he's not a 10 like he was a few years ago, 
but you can win a lot of football games with, with a good quarterback in today's NFL. And the Patriots did it the last two years, 11 and 5, 12 and 4. They got nothing. So that's question one. But it doesn't change the answer to question two that Brady was a petulant diva. And it doesn't, for me, change the answer to question three. In fact, it makes, it makes me root against him even more. Because I just don't like what the guy stood for the last few years. And I don't like the whole, I'm taking my ball and leaving. And if you don't give me what I want, well, I'm going to go to a place where they will give me everything I want. And I, I just think it, it really goes against a lot of what Brady stood for in the past and a lot of what the Patriots stand for. So I'll be rooting against them. And, and, and the, the Antonio Brown signing makes me only root against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers even more, even more. A couple other thoughts around the league, right? A few weeks ago, the NFL was in flames and, and maybe they still are a little bit because, because there are still COVID cases popping up here and there. But it seems like things have stabilized. But remember, this all started with the Steelers-Titans game, like four weeks ago, right? And a game that was rescheduled. NFL shuffled bye weeks. And it's just amazing to me that after all that fiasco and all that chaos, somehow that Steelers-Titans game, which was a good game three or four weeks ago, becomes a great game now. I mean, there's not many times in history of the league that a 5-0 team has met a 5-0 team. It doesn't happen that often if you look at it. It really doesn't. You know, so so it's just amazing that somehow, despite everything, despite all the chaos, despite the fact that Rome was burning a few weeks ago, somehow the NFL still lands on its feet and always, always, always wins. And the only, only consequence, really, of that whole... Um, Titans fiasco a few weeks ago is that this Steelers Titans game actually somehow becomes an even better, sexier, more interesting matchup between two teams that are 5 and 0. So the NFL just always seems to land on their feet. They're like a the cat, they're like a cat thrown out of the window. You know, they got more than 9 lives. And, and they always seem to win. And, and somehow in this one, the NFL is going to win again. And, you know, even if the worst case scenario happened and more games get canceled and the NFL needed a week 18 or a week 19 or a week 20, would you be watching? Because I will be, right? And that's just going to be more television revenue. They're just spreading out the games, a 17-week schedule over a 20-week schedule, more TV games, more commercials, more viewing, more watching, and and despite it all, the NFL will, will, will roll on like the empire that it is. And, and, and they will win. They will win. If they have to add an extra week or two to the season, it, it will end up being highly watched. It will generate revenue. And it will, be, it will be a win for the league, amazingly. But that's the way it is right now. The NFL is so powerful and, and, and such a compelling and great product on the field. That, that they will somehow find a way to win, no matter what. Want to go to Buffalo right now because, you know, the Bills have had a habit over the last, really, 20 years. They, they've had a lot of teams that have had fast starts. 
and, and then kind of come back to earth in October, late October, November, right? And that's sort of the classic Bills Mafia. We're four and zero, and and then and then a month and a half later, they're five and four, and and then they end up barely making the playoffs or not making the playoffs, and and it's the same old story. But I'm gonna tell you this year in this Bills team, and, and I've watched them collapse, and I'm no fan of the of the Bills. But this is a different Buffalo team, and I'm going to tell you why. Because, because they have the quarterback. It's a quarterback-driven league. And Josh Allen, as much as I gave him crap when he first came out of the league because he's so inaccurate and because he was so seemed overwhelmed. And he wasn't very good at first. He's become a very good quarterback. Now, he's not, I don't think, ever going to be at the Dan Marino, Joe Montana, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning level. But Josh Allen right now is in that next tier. He's like a Cam Newton, a Donovan McNabb, a Drew Bledsoe. He's a very good quarterback. And he's not, he's not, he's not going to be an all-time great. But he's going to be good enough that they're going to have an advantage over most teams that they play. And that's going to win you a lot of games. Josh Allen is going to be good for the Bills to be a 10-6 team. Good enough for the Bills to be a 10-6 team. Almost by default. Because most of the teams they play will not have a quarterback. I mean, it's just basic statistics, right? If, you, if you've got the eighth best quarterback in the NFL, that means at the most important position in the sport, you have an advantage over, over 24 teams in the league every time you step on the field. So it's a big deal to have a very, very good quarterback. And that's why these teams, by the way, get stuck in such a place. When you get a guy like a Bledsoe or a McNabb or a Josh Allen or a Cam Newton, a lot of times those guys don't win Super Bowls. Maybe they're not good enough to win a Super Bowl unless they have a really good team around them. They require a big chunk of your salary cap. So it makes them really hard. It makes it really hard to put a big, good team, or to put a great team around them good enough to win the Super Bowl. But they're a good enough player that they have the advantage over 75% of the league. And so you see a lot of like 10 and 6s, 11 and 5s, a lot of playoffs, a lot of wild card losses. I mean, that's what happens with these teams, Super Bowl losses sometimes. And that's what I think Josh Allen and the Bills are going to be. So if, if you're a Patriots fan and you're counting on the Bills to fall apart like they have in years past, forget about it. The Bills are a good team and, and Allen is the best quarterback in the division far and away right now. And, and, and that team isn't going anywhere. Now, I, can I think? Do I think the Patriots can beat them? I think we're going to see a lot about that. We're going to see it next week on the field, but I think we're going to see a lot about it this week based on how Cam Newton plays. And and, and Cam Newton's at the end this week of his rope for for leeway from from Patriots fans, right? And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But the Bills aren't going anywhere. I want to talk about the NFC East, the Thursday night game this week. You know, almost like. You know the, the sadist in me, or the you know we all we all you know you hate to see in a in a sports sense. Wouldn't you just love to see outright disaster division in like a team that's like five and eleven or six and ten win a division? Now that's really hard. It's really hard for that to happen just because of mathematics. Because these teams play each other two times each, so every team has six games against their division teams. And it's it's pretty hard mathematically for a team to to go six and ten and win a division just based on that alone because someone's got to win those games. But it's not impossible. And if it's ever going to happen, 
the NFC East this year, the team, they're the train wreck. You just like, you're, you know, it's like the sadist in you. You just got to watch, right? You got to watch this train wreck of a division happen and almost root for the Giants at 6-10 and 10 or the Cowboys at 5-11. and 11. I mean, the Eagles are probably the best team, but they look like they've got big holes on their roster. You know, 5-11, and 6-10 and 10 division winner. It happened a few years ago that Seattle went 7-9, and nine, won the division, got a home playoff game, and beat a much better through the regular season New Orleans um, team in Seattle um, on that famous Marshawn Lynch run, the beast mode run. And that was the biggest kind of disaster to date on the NFL's division system. But, but what's going to happen in the NFC this year is you're going to have a really good team not make the playoffs. And you're going to have a 5-11 and 11 or 6-10 and 10 team from the NFC East make the playoffs. And since the NFL went to the four-division setup, which is now like 17 years ago, a long time ago, I mean, you have seen a lot of times the best six teams from a conference don't always get in the playoffs. It seems like every year in one of the two conferences, there's a team that's 10-6 and six or, or a really good team that's shut out of the postseason. And meanwhile, a 8-8 eight eight or 9-7 division winner makes it in. And I think this could be the year that really, really exacerbates or accentuates that. Because the NFC is, is god-awful. They, they really are. All four of those teams are bad. And I keep waiting for Philadelphia to step up. And, and you know, <laughs> I mean, if Philadelphia had lost that game Thursday night, that would have been just an outright disaster. So perhaps the Eagles saved their season and saved their division with, with, with moving to two and four. But imagine if the Eagles were one and five, the Giants were two and four, you know, the Redskins, no starting quarterback. I mean, two and four, um, they've already benched him. The Cowboys starting quarterback broke his leg. They're two and four. Oh, it would be just a, it would just be a horror show in sports terms. A sports horror show. And it still will be, I think, because all four of those teams are terrible. There might be four, six teams in the conference right now, and they're all in one division. So this week, the Patriots play the San Francisco 49ers at home. And it's, it's sad because it's been such a great stretch of fall weather in New England. Every single day that would have been a Patriots home game has been great. Last year, the Pats had a tough run of wet and cold, unseasonable weather early in the year, and it was unfortunate. This year, it, you know, it's, it, it's been beautiful, and it's just, it just sucks with all this uh, pandemic that we haven't been able to go to any football games. But I will say this, going into today's game against the 49ers, and, and this is the last week that Cam Newton is going to get leeway or consideration from Patriots fans. Cam Newton has not been good. And we talked about earlier in the podcast. He has not been good through through four starts. Two touchdowns and four interceptions is by no shape, way, or mean is that good quarterback play in the NFL in 2020. Or in any era. Even in the 1970s, that's bad quarterback play. And certainly in the passing era of the NFL. If you can't have a 3-to-1 touchdown interception ratio. If you can't even have a 2-to-1 ratio you know, you're not that good. And if you're one to two, you're bad. And I know he's made a few plays with his legs, but that's not going to sustain it over, over the season. Not for him anymore because he, he's, he's not as mobile as he used to be. And it doesn't look like he can throw the ball that well. So 
this is going to be the last week that I think Newton gets gets consideration and leeway. I think people gave him a pass a little bit based on the COVID thing last week. Even though I'm not sure that was really the problem, I think I think it, that it was more to do with he missed a lot of throws against the Broncos. I don't. I mean, the protection was okay. There was a couple breakdowns, but it seemed to me he was holding the ball a long time. The receivers aren't great, but there's a couple times they looked open, including on that last fourth down play when Nikhil Harry was wide open. So the honeymoon's going to be over this week. If the Patriots lose this game and fall to 2-4, and four, look out below because things are going to get very, very, very rough for Cam Newton in New England. I think he'll come under a lot of scrutiny. And, you know, he may not hold the job, honestly, that long. I mean, so I, I think I think he's playing for a lot today. And um, <clears throat> I just hope one way or the other the Patriots are able to win this game because 3-3 three and three sounds a heck of a lot better than 2-4. and four. So thank you all, everyone, for, for everything that – for anyone that might have listened. Hope everyone enjoys – the game this weekend and uh, games this weekend. And we'll be back next week to talk about it all. Have a great, great, great weekend and, and, and take care. Stay safe, everyone. Be good. Bye-bye.